So, when the Friedrich Rebbe is introducing the description of how life was in Lubavitch in the Shabbos of Blessed Month of El, he starts with a description of the um, Shabbos Nachamu. And he says that in Lubavitch they began studying Torah at night in Shabbos Nachamu. And the reason he mentions that, the Rebbe says, is because the Friedrich Rebbe wants us to understand to get to the month of Elul, you have to have Torah. Because the, the theme of Elul, Tshuva, is illuminated through Torah. Torah tells you what the power of Tshuva is. So therefore, the Friedrich Rebbe, in describing the month of Elul, he first talks about the power of Tshuva, because he wants us to understand the, that by learning about Tshuva, that gives you a whole different kind of energy in your tshuva. That's the first point that makes in this in this uh, in this uh, And then it goes on to talk about a um, a teaching of Rashi and how this applies to our generation and the month of El. Rashi says that a mitzvah is ascribed to the one who finishes a mitzvah. Someone starts a mitzvah, <coughs> he doesn't get the credit for it. Only one who gets the credit for it is the one who completes the mitzvah. Now, there's many different scenarios why one person start, can start a mitzvah and another person can finish the mitzvah. The simplest of which is the first person started the mitzvah and the Yitzhahara convinced him not to finish it, so it else finished it. So clearly, uh, he lost out on the mitzvah. Well, it was his mitzvah and he lost out on the mitzvah. And the one who gets the credit for it is the one who does, the one who does the last part. That's not always the, the situation. Sometimes a mitzvah could be begun by one person, and the other person finishes a mitzvah, not because of the first, first person had a yitzahara, but because the first person was told by the terror not to finish the mitzvah. The terror gave him a different mitzvah. And therefore he couldn't have finished this mitzvah, he had a different mitzvah to do. There's all kinds of uh, halachic discussion about what mitzvah overrides what mitzvah, and in general, you're right. But there are concepts of uh, of mitzvahs which push off other mitzvahs. Ase pushes off, pushes off leis ase. Koach nefesh pushes off leis mitzvah. Even so, last Shabbos in Shulchan Aruch, unbelievable. Alter Rebbe says that if you're the guy who gives a drasha on Shal Shudas, I'm sorry, in, in Shul on Shabbos in the afternoon, Moshe Rabbeinu told the Jewish people to gather uh, every Shabbos to learn Although it says that should proceed, you don't, if you didn't do Shalash Shodas yet, so you're not, not doing Shalash Shodas. That's that. Altabur uses the words, there's nothing more. Um, the, the, learning Torah, Barabim pushes away everything else. Learning Torah with your Shemayim in public pushes away everything else. Anyways. Oh, so that's the example that ever gives. The only example. The what? In the context of a height model, Moshe got Yosef's son from from crime, so he couldn't go into Eretz Yisrael. So the Jews buried Yosef. It's tributed to. It's tributed to. No, it's tributed to Jewish people, not to Meir Shabin. And it's never says even more. Who is on? Why didn't the Jewish people start the mitzvah? 
Why didn't they start it? They could have. They, they could have been part of it. The reason they didn't weren't part of it at all was because. But they were involved in a mitzvah. Oh. They were they were making matzah and getting and getting ready to okay fine not they weren't making matzah they were getting ready to leave Mitzrayim. Uh, How they were getting ready to leave, ready to leave Mitzrayim? In a rush. They're supposed to ask all their neighbors for the gold and silver. And it wasn't because of their Yitzhahara, they went to ask neighbors for gold and silver. Because that was the Abish told them, so that was their mitzvah then. That was their focus. That's what they had to focus on. That was their mitzvah. So that means... So that means that the reason why they were prevented from doing this mitzvah wasn't because of the Yitzhahara. It was because of this wasn't destined. It wasn't their mitzvah, naturally. They weren't meant to start this mitzvah. They weren't allowed to start the mitzvah. The terrorists don't start the mitzvah. And yet, the Pelamosh practically, they're the ones who finished the mitzvah. It's considered they're the ones who actually entered Israel, even though they weren't allowed to start this mitzvah. It wasn't like their mitzvah was destined for them. Adrab, on the contrary, Meshman, who was the one who was, who was preoccupied with it, etc. And yet, they're the ones who are, who are given, Jewish people actually finished the mitzvah. They're the ones who are given the credit for it. So. Like vice versa the Moshe Rabbeinu gets the credit for building the Mishkan, yeah? Even though the primarily made it because he finished it? I, I, did it say that in Yiddishkeit? Or you're asking a question? No, I'm like, I'm remembering this is what... I, it's, it's, I'm, I'm not familiar with what there says about that, but that, the same logic would, would, would apply to that as well. Um, okay, so, so let's talk about our generation now. And let's not use the, the unchasidic word of credit. Let's use the word impact. Uh, our generation is the one that finishes the goal of creation. That means we have Avram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov, and Otanayim, and Amarayim, and they're not finishing the job. The ones who actually make it happen is us, which tells us that um, how pivotal our thoughts, words, and actions are. Let's look at Ois Dalit in this Rusecha. Zau Gam Bir Alephes Gimel Dalit Munutachim brings Alephes Gimel Dalit. Zau Gam Bir and Mail Nifrish of the Reino. Dark is in the Shecha, Shuamashim, a game of Kamanisatas Shakokobrikula. This is the explanation about the wondrous virtue of our generation. Generation that will greet Mashiach. This generation completes. The whole goal of the entire creation. What's the goal of creation? The whole point of creation and the creation of all the of this world and all the worlds above it is because the Abish desire to have a home in the lowest realm. And this is the role of the Jewish people throughout history. To clean up the dwelling place for Hashem. It's like a human king. That you want to make the king have a beautiful place to live. You want to clean the house, the, 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 the palace, from all dirt, so that the king will be able to enter into the home. I'll tell you the parentheses outside. Everybody asks, how come in chapter 46 in Tanya, the Alter Rebbe writes how Hashem is like a king who comes down to a garbage heap and picks up and picks you up and takes you out of the garbage heap. 
and he hugs you and kisses you, and he doesn't care that there's garbage. So how come we're saying that we have to make this? The Eibusher cares about the dirt. The Eibusher is like Rishon Yechai says about about a kala who's in a tannery, and the Chas doesn't care because he loves the kala. So the Eibusher loves the Eden, and he takes him out of Mitzrayim, even though Mitzrayim was the garbage heap of the world. So the Rebbe answers, yes, it's true. God's love for us will will bring him to take us out of Mitzrayim, no matter wherever we are, but. That doesn't mean that, that we don't have a role to do. Our role in creation is to make a home for Hashem. The Eivishter will, will go where, where it's not pleasant to be with us. But what we need to do, what Hashem wants us to do, is to create a home for Him, a beautiful home. It's still nice for you to go, no matter where you are, as long as you know I'm going back to my nice little kingdom, and I'll do what I need to today, but at the end of the day I'm going back home. So we gotta make we gotta make Hashem's home. And who finishes the job? The Gemara, look at that bold. The Gemara Aveda Zoom is Shemusilaslave. The one who completes this Aveda Shikwima Yu Esra Ruchum Avnaratsuadafti Dirk Nashikha. This will be in its perfect Hashem's home will be perfect, and Mashiach will come when Hashem will remove all impurity from the world. So who is one who finishes the job? It's the generation that greets Mashiach. Umuvan. The reason why. Hashem removes the, the spirit of impurity from the world directly because you remove the purity from yourself. When they began the campaign of taking uh, people should um, only have kosher animals in their home uh, and they should only have kosher things for children to look at, etc. That be said, since we're coming time of Mashiach and we have to remove all purity from the world, therefore you have to have in your house only kosher things for, for kids to look at. When the, the, although, why is it that, that Abai and Rava didn't finish his job. Why is it that the pr- earlier generations of the Jewish people were didn't finish it? What's what's the reason? It wasn't because they were missing something. It wasn't because that they uh, had the Yitzhara and they were on their Facebook during the Shir or something. On the contrary, when the Jewish people were in exile, they already elevated 202 sparks out of the 288. The, when the Eivish created the world, it says there was a spirit of Hashem hovering over the waters. The word hovering is made up, the, up of two words in the Trikin for a pachmes. 288 died. 288 sparks of tayu shattered and left their vessels. And the Jewish people elevated 202 when they left Egypt. That's what the Torah says. A mass multitude left with them. The word mass is equal to 202. They took out 202 sparks. And after leaving with Shaim, there's only 86 sparks left, the numerical equivalent of the, word, of the name of Hashem Elokim. Which are being refined throughout all of history. And there were generations of prophets, of Tanoim, Namuroim, and they worked hard elevating all the sparks they needed to. They didn't, it wasn't because they were, they were negligent. Our generation only needs to refine 
the small jugs, and the language that Terry uses about Yaakov going back over Mavriyabek to get the small jugs, or in the language of the Friedrich Rebbe, all we need to do is polish the buttons. And as the Rebbe said, that we already finished polishing the buttons. Oh. It's like everything. We're just, now we're just standing. The Afal no, no, We shouldn't just stand. The fact that Mashiach hasn't come yet is a right. It's still something to do. And that thing that we have to do is something that you're going to do. That's how we go. If everything is done, but everything is not done, make up your mind. I'll, I'll according to the laws of logic, according to the laws of Terah, everything is done. So there's no explanation at all why Mashiach hasn't come. And Except there are homes are not. Souls are not pure. It doesn't mean that each of us is individuals ready for Mashiach, but it does mean that the, that, that the normal criteria that uh, anyone would, any, any any objective uh, member of the heavenly court would have to say that we deserve Mashiach already. However, the fact that there is a decision that Mashiach hasn't come yet at night at 6:48 and 21 seconds is that to prove there's still something left to do. and nevertheless. But, but, but what does that tell you? You know what that tells you? It's, it's unbelievable. What that tells you is, is that what you're going to do is the most important thing that ever happened in history. It's only through the Aved of our generation that the job gets done, that the home gets cleaned. This the goal of Hashem in creation, that the, that the uh, Hashem wants to have a home in this lowest realm, that's, well, that mitzvah is ascribed to the one who finishes it. And who finishes it? Us. Okay. Why does the one who finishes the mitzvah get the credit for it? What about what he does is so special? It's not because of the amount of work that he does, and it's not because of the quality that he does. It's just because he finished. Even though he may have done something which is minuscule and, in, and simple in comparison to those who began the mitzvah. What he did was considered only in the realm of polishing the buttons, which, which means something very minuscule. Yet, he has the full credit and virtue of the one who finishes the mitzvah. The mitzvah is called in his name. So, I'm not lying. If the polishing of buttons is considered minuscule parenthetically, and the polishing of the buttons aspect has already been done, then all of what we still need to do has to be even more minuscule than right. up until that point. It just keeps on getting more and more smaller... Final little there be expression. That's right, 100. percent That's exactly that's, that's actually uh, Rabbi's expression. The child putting a penny in a pushka. That I, I could I could be what's doing it. When the, when the Friedrich Rebbe expression, I never never said this openly, but some Chassidim think that when the Friedrich Rebbe spoke about polishing the buttons, he spoke about the mysterious nefesh of Chassidim in Russia. Uh, he spoke about the, about Stalin and the difficulties they were having, and therefore we have to do this because we have to polish the buttons before Mashiach is coming. The Rebbe used the expression that the Friedrich Rebbe notified the world the buttons have been polished. Now, the only one who the Friedrich Rebbe could have notified was the Rebbe, because no one else saw this announcement in print or, or, or wasn't wasn't uh, the only the only. But but if if you say that the Friedrich was referring to the mysterious nefesh of Russia. So then, that when Gorbachev and Pestroika began, so there's no need to have that kind of serious nefesh, 
So then the Friedrich announced already then that this, that, that what polishing the buttons means, and therefore de facto, by that ending, that, that that was an announcement. Whatever. Whether that's correct or not is, 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 is conjecture. But the point is, though, that the buttons have been polished. There's a beautiful medrash that says that uh, it talks about three heroes of the Jewish people and how wonderful they did great things. But then it says, if they would have known the Torah writes about them, they would have done it in a whole different way. It says about the Reuven, that when Reuven went to save Yosef, Reuven uh, gets credit for the Torah. But if you know that Meishra Rabbeinu wrote about Reuven that he went to go save Yosef, he would have brought him on his shoulders, and he would have taken him with a, a, a band. Meishra Rabbeinu went to greet Aaron in the Midbar, and, Rabbeinu, and Aaron, it says, was joyful that Meishra Rabbeinu was appointed to the Jewish people. How did Aaron greet Meishra Rabbeinu? Oh, yes, Aaron, it says. He greeted, greeted him with joy. He was happy that Meishra, his older, younger brother, was appointed to a more senior position than him. And the Torah says that Aaron was happy. So the Medrash says, if Aaron would know that the Torah says that Aaron was happy, Aaron would have come with an orchestra. It says about uh, Bayaz that when Bayaz fed the Rus, that the Torah gives great, great credit to him. But if he would have known the Torah itself says what great thing he did, he would not have given her some kernels of wheat in the field. He would have taken her out to uh, Shilohs or Pats, or, of course. So then the Medrash con- continues, but who writes for us? Who, who, who writes for us? So, so we're, we're saying if they would have known that they writes about them, they would have done much more. Mm-hmm. Who writes about us? So the Medrash concludes, HaKadosh Baruch Hu writes, and Mashiach signs. Which, which uh, the, that's, that's the words of the Medrash. But then based upon the Sikha, it, it's, and the, 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 what we're in, the time that we're in history, what this means is, is that it's actually, we're, we're making, we're not just making history. We are the most important people that have ever existed in history. Our decisions actually finish the job. But, but however, it doesn't mean that you got to do very big things. Or you might think, I'm the, since I'm the most important person in history, I'm gonna, what I'm going to do is I'm, gonna, I'm gonna, going to, to make a new uh, a discovery about the cure for whatever it is, and I'm gonna get, going to win the Nobel Prize. No. The way to finish the job is, what, what's the credit that we have? It's not because of what we're doing, it's because of when we're doing it. And therefore, it doesn't matter what you're doing. We'll read the next paragraph. It's not like those who think that you have to be involved in meditating about the higher level of unity of Hashem. And how important is it? How, what, what, what importance can there be to answering and being careful to say, you have to finish the small drugs, even if we're talking about very simple things. Just by saying the words in a simple way. Not everyone is on the level of that he actually became very fat from the pleasure he had from saying and also be careful not to speak during the evening those simple things that you're doing, although you're not having this incredible divine joy, when you say your, your size of your belt has to do with cream puffs. But yet, when you say in a very simple way, that has the ability to tip the scale and bring Mashiach. That, and therefore, you, the mitzvah that you're doing is, is history. It's, 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 it's the most important moment of history.
Maybe if they said whoever is the one that tips the scale, the tachlos at the end of the day gets a nice little uh, room in uh, the Waldorf. No, in in the base of Mikdash, right next to David uh, Melech and everyone else over there. Right next to Waldorf. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but what about the, the teaching that says that you know if we only kept was it three Shabbos? Have a little bit. Then the Mashiach would come. Take that little. So something that resonates. <laughs> there are there are various um, things that the Gemara says about uh, schoolers to bring Mashiach, but the bottom line is is that the uh, the bottom line is that uh, in regards to the amount of merits that's needed, uh, the Gemara says that the Rebbe said that it's clear that we are we're way, way, way past that. It, it, yeah, it's possible without doing, having any merits, you just keep two Shabbos and accomplish something, and it brings Mashiach. But even without having two Shabbosim, we're way, way ahead of where we need to be at Ortai Mashiach coming. Okay. Um, so, I'm going to tell the, rest, the, the last point outside. The last point that says is about the month of El. The, So basically, when you were finishing the small jugs, it's considered like you finished the entire Aved of all previous generations, and the mitzvah is ascribed to one who finishes it. It's considered like you did the entire job, but you made the home for Hashem in the world. You did it. Zev Kesla. So the same is also in regards to the month of Elul. The month of Elul, it's so funny, like, Elul to Sicha and Shabbos, and my right before Shabbos, I happened to uh, look at for the 100 millionth time, all things I wrote down that need to finish, uh, this year, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and uh, and I was like, oh man, I don't want to look at this after Rosh Hashanah this year. And there ever, what does it ever say? It says like this: the month of El is a time the Jewish people are given to fix up the Aved of the whole year. Just like what says about the ten days of Tshuva, that there are seven days between Rosh Hashanah and Kippur, and those seven days have the power to correct everything that happens in every Sunday, Monday, Tuesday of the year. So too is this month of El. El is a month that prepares for the days of Hashanah and Kippur, in the month of Elul, you're able to correct all the days of the year. And what this means is not just you're able to correct the negative things, but in the month of Elul, you're able to complete them. We said before that a mitzvah is ascribed to the one who completes the mitzvah. So what's unique about the month of Elul, the Friedrich Rebbe says that people could be in a state of farshlafen, Farshlaf means they're in, a state, they're in a sleepy state. And the month of Elul, you're able to correct the sleepiness. And instead of being sleepy, you're able to wrap yourself in your talus and tefillin in an Elbdika way, which means with inner chayas. And what happens as a result of this is that it doesn't just inject the mitzvahs of Elul with chayas, but that corrects and fixes Elul, the, the mitzvahs called by the, the mitzvahs ascribed to the one who completes it, and so to the mitzvahs of the year. Since they're corrected in the month of Elul, they are considered to be Eldikimitzis. What's so good about being an Eldikimitzis? Because the energy of Elul is Chayis, is Lebedekite, there's warmth in the mitzvahs. So the warmth you do in the month of Elul is able to elevate all the mitzvahs of the year in a similar way that the Altar writes in Tanya that it's possible to have. Altar writes in Tanya how if you learn Torah for the wrong reasons, so you're able to elevate that Torah study if you learn again for the right reasons. So Altar says, what about Daphne? Alderbrist says that it's possible to have one tefillah that elevates all the tefillahs of the year. I heard in the name of the father, I think, 
that the altar is referring to the last three tefillahs of the, of the year, Shachar, Min Chamayir, the last day of the year, Chav Tassel, those are very pivotal tefillahs. Um, but in this, Sikh Rebbe doesn't mention that. Instead, Rebbe says that it's possible that during the month of El, just like the altar says you have to have one prayer that can elevate all the prayers of the year, so to the month of El, they're injecting Chayis and what you're doing, that elevates everything that had to be done. And not only that, even the things that you did correctly, they, they may have not been done with the, ele- the element of Tshuva in them. It says about Moshe Rabbeinu, that when he was on the mountain for 120 days, right? So it says the first 40 days were times of divine grace and mercy. The last 40 days, Elul and Yom Kippur, times of divine grace and mercy. And the 40 days in the middle were the time Hashem was, uh, was upset at the Jewish people for the sin of the golden calf. So the language that Gemara uses about the last 40 days, they were also time of divine mercy. So it focuses on the word af and says it's not just they were also time of divine mercy they were a time of greater mercy than the first 40 days first 40 days were at tzaddikim fine, great, tzaddikim, pinch our cheeks the last 40 days is bali tshuva bali tshuva has a whole different kind of energy in serving Hashem bali tshuva have a shefer energy in their veda and therefore the month of El not only does have the ability to correct whatever was missing the whole year and therefore to focus what you're doing now because this is able to elevate the whole year but more than that even the good things that you did the whole year you're able to elevate to the level of, of uh, tshuva, and tshuva causes anila deidi with love, causes all the averis to be transformed into mitzvahs. So therefore the whole year is called Elul, because Elul finishes the mitzvahs of the whole year. That means through the month of Elul, you're able to lift up with the whole entire past of the, of the entire year, that it should be an Elul kind of way, it should be anila deidi. And that brings down the bracha of Hashem for all good things, and bona chayim and kulun Chaim. 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 Chaim.